All right, so I've decided to combine sections 127 and 128. They're really related. They're both letters from Joseph Smith written days apart in September of 1842. Um, Joseph, uh, and they both have, and they both deal with uh, baptisms for the dead and, and redeeming the dead. Um, so I decided to do that. Next thing I want to address is I apologize for the audio. I'm trying to figure this out. It's using the same setup I always use been trying to play with the settings and it keeps just being a little jumbled so I apologize I'm going to work on that um, and see if we can figure that out but uh, probably going to have to just make do for this week I, but I apologize so section 127 uh, Joseph Joseph ends up fleeing and running away because he's again accused of things he didn't do finds out that um, he's going to that they're trying to come and re- arrest him because uh, there was a, I believe this is the time there was an assassination attempt on Lilburn Boggs, the former governor now of Missouri. He's no longer the governor. Um, and so people had said, oh, it was Joseph Smith that did this or put this together. So uh, people in Missouri are working with the government now in Illinois to extradite him to Missouri. So Joseph uh, flees, and while he's kind of on the run a little bit, he writes these letters. Um, he The first time he talks about... Uh, the first time he talked about the uh, baptism, uh, baptisms specifically for the dead, was at a funeral uh, in 1840 in Nauvoo, and then after that, the saints actually began performing baptisms for the dead, um, and were authorized to do so in the Mississippi River, just for a time until the temple was completed. Once the temple was completed they moved to doing baptisms for the dead in the temple because the Lord tells us that that's, the temple was built for this it's, and it's supposed to be there. You'll, and you'll see this as you study. Um, the, and actually, as a matter of fact, the Nauvoo temple was not even completed. What they did is they completed a, a baptismal font in the basement and then continued to finish and work. But they were allowed to do, the, do baptisms for the dead in in the temple that was even then uncompleted, but they moved from the Mississippi to there. So Joseph, in section 127, his specific, in, you know, the prevailing message that he gives us is the importance of doing things in, in wisdom and in order, that things that are done for the Lord and for the Lord's purposes are done in, in order. And what that means is recording them, um, they, there was a, a change to where they were making sure that only men were baptized for men, women baptized for women. They were not really doing that before. They would go out and be baptized in the Mississippi. Someone would baptize them, and it would just be those two people with no witnesses. And so Joseph says, look, there needs to be witnesses to fulfill the law of witnesses. Uh, and you, we need to have orderly and complete records so that they can be taken into heaven, essentially, that what whatsoever is recorded on earth will be recorded in heaven, and it's out of these books that we will be judged. As we read in Third Nephi and, and other places in the book of, in the Book of Mormon and other um, scripture, the Lord tells us that that we will be judged out of the books of the world, and these are some of those books. It's the books of the records that we keep for the work that we did. It's for it's the it's the records that we keep of our own covenants for the living and then for the dead as well. In section one twenty seven, a few other quick thoughts that, that pop out is Joseph's acknowledgement of the of the trials that he's been through in life and he's been through a hard time when he likens himself into Paul 
And he, he, he says, but nevertheless, deep waters is what I am wont to swim in. It has all become as uh, become a second nature to me, and I feel like Paul to glory and tribulation. You know, where he's he's just he's recognized this point in his life that it's hard, and that that's just what his life is, and he's accepted it, and he glories in it because he knows that the, that through these tribulations, the Lord is refining him to uh, make him whole and complete. And then he goes on to give the saints some encouragement and says, look, if, if you go through these same persecutions, well, then you're blessed because that's how I'm persecuted. That's how the prophets before were persecuted. And so if you're persecuted for the sake of, of your faith and your testimony in Christ, then that's a good thing because you're standing shoulder to shoulder with the, with the best lives this world has ever had. Um, as we move into section 128, uh, again, you'll, you'll start to see that there are some there are some long long verses in this section, but it's a continuation really of, of a thought uh, about um, recording, how to record. It's about baptisms for the dead. It's about the work for the dead. Um, as you read the the synopsis here, it says local and general recorders must be must certify to the fact that baptisms for the dead. Um, you got to need to record it. Uh, Elijah restored this power. And, uh, relative to baptisms for the dead. And um, in verse 8, it says, Now the nature of this ordinance consists in the power of the priesthood. Uh, or in other words, taking a different view in the, of this translation, whatsoever you record on earth shall be recorded in heaven. I skipped a bunch here, but... So as we perform these ordinances, what are they performed with? The power of the priesthood. And the power of the priesthood binds on earth and binds in heaven. And then Joseph does something very interesting by switching that word bind to record and says this could be taken in another way. And so it's, he, he, he underscores the importance of recording by saying this binding power, this power of the priesthood, is not binding unless we record whatsoever is recorded on earth or be recorded in heaven. And if it's not recorded, then it's not bound. And I think that's a very interesting thought, that there are processes that must be followed in order for the priesthood power to be binding, in order for us to have the, the authority of that priesthood. And you might think, well, that's bold. Joseph acknowledges that. He said it may seem to be a very bold doctrine that we talk of, a power which records or binds on earth and binds in heaven, nevertheless in all ages of the world. Whenever the Lord has given a dispensation of the priesthood to any man by actual revelation or any set of men, this power has always been given. The power to what? To bind and record. It's the same It's the same power. To record on earth and to record in heaven. That these books are written, that thereby we may be judged out of them. In verse 11 is this hidden nugget to me. He says, Now the great and grand secret of the whole matter consists in us, in us obtaining the powers of the holy priesthood. Us, all of us, not just men. Us, all of us. How do we obtain that power? It's through making covenants and keeping them. That's how we obtain the power. When President Nelson talks about obtaining the power, accessing the, accessing the power of the priesthood, he's not, he's not just talking about those who have been ordained to the priesthood. It's all, it's everyone. Listen to the talks about the priesthood in the last... Uh, decade especially and even more so in the last 
four or five years. It's about men and women. It's about all of us. And what is it? It's about making and keeping covenants. When President Nelson also always talks about getting on and staying on the covenant path, it's the same thing. It's how we access the powers. And Joseph Smith says, Now the great grand secret of the whole matter consists in us obtaining the powers of the holy priesthood. We do that through ordinances and through covenants. And when we obtain that power, what can stop us? If we have the power of God. Then we may be, our, our worldly desires may be frustrated in this life, but what will stop us? Nothing. Nothing can or will stop us. And so then Joseph turns back and says, here's the thing, here's what we're talking about, recording on earth, binding on earth. We're talking about this priesthood power and obtaining it and the covenants. And then he says, this is so important that guess what? We have to allow this for the dead because they need it too. They need to be gathered. And he says, it's sufficient to know in this case, the, the earth will be smitten with a curse unless there is a welding link of some kind or other between the fathers and the children. For we without them cannot be made perfect, neither they without us can be made perfect. It's together. And that's what the gathering is, that's what the welding is. The welding is this power to bind and to record on earth and in heaven. And the importance of work for the dead is, is in, immeasurable. Look, the Lord has a plan. Over 50%, it's, it's estimated, over 50% of the world's population that's ever been born on the earth died before the age of eight. Well, the Lord has a plan for that. He has a plan for those people. Now, if you think about all of the people that, okay, so the takeaway, now you're looking at half of the world's population, we'll say over all of the time. How many of those people had the full gospel of Jesus Christ given to them? It's incalculably small. It's infinitesimal. It's minute. What about the rest of the people? The Lord has a plan for them, that we can weld them, that we can bind them, that we can record on earth and record in heaven for them to allow them to make those same covenants and to be bound and to be gathered and to, and to obtain the powers of the holy priesthood. And in closing here, I want to end with just a couple of these little nuggets from the end of this section that are uh, some of my favorite. And so what do we hear in the gospel which we have received? A voice of gladness. The why is it a voice of gladness? Because there's 50% who were born before the age of accountability, but we know what can happen and what will happen for them because they were, because they died before that age. What about the rest of the people who didn't have the opportunity to obtain the powers of the priesthood? Well, it's this. This is the voice of gladness and of uh, a voice of mercy from heaven, a voice of truth out of the earth, of glad tidings for the dead, a, a voice of gladness for the living. Uh, glad tidings of great joy, a voice, and he goes through these different voices that had spoken to him, and through uh, and Moroni and Adam and these uh, these prophets and these angels who had come and spoken literally to him in, in the process of the restoration. And what was the voice that they were declaring? It was this voice of gladness, of hope, that, they're, that we can be welded together, that we can be bound together, that we can be sealed together, that it can be recorded on earth and in heaven. And so then he asks, Brethren, shall we not go on so great a cause? Go forward and not backward. Courage, brethren, and on and on to the victory. And that's that's the message. It's a mess this message that 
that we have is this message of power and of hope. That we can receive the power of God. And that our dead can receive that same power even if they didn't receive it in this life. Because of our loving, merciful Heavenly Father who has a plan of salvation to save us. That's what they were going out. That's why Brigham left his family so many times. That's why they sacrificed everything to build the temples. That's why they sacrificed everything to come across the plains to the Salt Lake Valley. Brethren, shall we not go on in so great a cause? Go forward and not backward. Courage. And on and on to the victory.